Hello, I'm Wendy Friesen. I'm really glad you're here. I was just asked a question about free will and hypnosis and whether hypnosis can make you do things against your will. And this has always been a really fascinating topic for me. So I want to continue the discussion that I was just having on the previous podcast and go into a little bit more detail and maybe get a little more depth about how you could make someone do something against their will in quotes, (laughs) or how deep persuasion can go if it's hypnotic or if it's manipulation or if it's simply the effect that we have on each other unknowingly at times. So in our lives, we are persuaded all the time to do things the way that other people want us to do them. Sometimes we exercise our free will and say, no, I'm not going to do it that way. And sometimes we go along with it because of social influence or the pressure that's put on us to do the right thing or look good. And, um, an interesting piece of this was someone asked about Darren Brown and the things that he makes people do on TV. Well, you know, part of the experience on a TV show is that you get to edit out all the things that don't work. And in my experience, having been on hundreds of TV shows, many of them, I get to have my own volunteers or guests. So I hypnotize. I've found that people will do pretty much anything you say, even without hypnosis, because they want to be on TV. This is their one big chance. This might be the only time in their life that they have a chance to be on TV. Now, the same thing with being on stage. When someone volunteers for a stage hypnosis show, when they go up there, are they really hypnotized? If I yank on their arm and say, sleep and do this and do that, do they do it because they're hypnotized or because their mind has been set up in a way to want to be special, have attention, to not be embarrassed and not fail, and to let their friends see them in their moment of being a star on stage. So there's a really interesting phenomenon that happens when someone is on stage, and I can't say that they're doing it just because they're on stage, but they have an excuse. When they're you know, hypnotized in quotes again, um, they are in a situation where they have an excuse or a reason to do silly things, whether or not they're really hypnotized. So that doesn't mean that stage hypnosis is a ruse. It is very real in a lot of cases. And I've done many stage hypnosis shows and I'm blown away. (laughs) Sometimes there's a few of those people who really are hypnotized, but the others, whether on TV or on stage or in any group situation, like, um, a seminar or training or somewhere where there's, um, a speaker who is telling people how they're supposed to feel and what they're supposed to do. Most people are sheep and they will go along with the crowd and they will do what it is. They think they're supposed to do. Think about how our brain is affected when we are persuaded or manipulated or coerced to do something where we may not understand the reasons why we're doing it. And we might not even know that our free will has been somewhat taken away. And I don't even know if I can answer the question of, you know, do we have free will or not? There's so many situations where you do and others where you really truly do not. So, um, addictions, you know, is the thing that I'm really passionate about helping people get rid of their addictions, not gaining addictions. (laughs) And I've had a lot of experience of being in many rehab centers and seeing what's happening in there. And I, I know for a fact from firsthand experience that the brainwashing and the persuasion and the manipulation that is going on in there is 
you know, full blown, maybe it's not intentional. Um, cause I think that in a lot of cases, the people who are doing the manipulating of people's brains are doing it because they're, they think they're doing the right thing because they were told to do that. And they were told this is the only way and that you have to subscribe to these beliefs in order to teach people how to quit their addiction. However, I'll share a couple of examples with you that really have told me how deep the manipulation, the belief change, the value change is, and in the wrong direction, taking you down the wrong path so that the chances are you're going to relapse. One of the situations was a rehab in Southern California where my oldest son was. And the meeting that I was sitting in, it was not for families. It was just for the addicts, but I happened to be there. And so this man walks in, who's the speaker and he's, um, a national speaker that goes around to all these rehabs telling his story. So, you know, he says, hi, I'm George and I'm an alcoholic. And everybody says, hi, George. And he says, I've been an alcohol or I've been, um, sober for 16 years. And I have to tell you that every single day I still struggle to make it to midnight. So now when you're in a situation where you're an audience of people that are all engaged in what a speaker is saying. You are there to learn from someone who is supposedly an authority and having that authority tends to put you in trance. The other thing that happens is generally the speaker is up higher than where you're sitting. So your head is tilted back and there's a little bit of a trance state that's created when your head is tilted back and you're looking up. Now this person is an authority and they're an expert and you have learned that they speak to people all over the country. And they're the one that you should listen to because they know better than you because you've totally effed up your life in every possible way. So you've got to believe everything they say. So he goes on to talk about how difficult it is to have this disease and that even after, I don't know, 15 years or 20 years that he's still struggling every day to make it till midnight. So what happens when you hear that? Your brain does something that we call future pacing. If you're intentionally going to manipulate someone, you would take them into a story about yourself in the future, and you would implant the feelings and experiences and emotions that you want them to have. Someone who's listening to you, their brain cannot help but to go along with you in that story and implant and hardwire the emotions that are connected to that memory that's in the future. So we know with hypnosis that a the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a real and an imagined event. So in that, in that mindset, when you go into that future moment, whether it's in a hypnosis session with me, or it's a someone speaking to you and telling you a story, your brain creates a memory. And for all purposes, that memory is held as real. Then in this case, this man inadvertently sticks in all these emotions and feelings and experiences in that memory. So here you are sitting there knowing that, oh my God, every day I'm going to struggle for 20 years. And at 20 years in the future, this man is telling me, because he's an authority, that it's going to be a struggle to make it till midnight. Okay, so we open up that memory. Now the man glorifies all of these stories about addiction. And when he drank and he says, you know, when I used to drink, man, on the airplanes, they had those little bottles of alcohol on the cart that the stewardess went up and down the aisles and man, I, I could get 12 of them. And yeah, I was like set and he's laughing and making it sound fun. And he tells all these stories about how fun alcohol is while at the same time, he has opened up this future memory that is holding the belief that it's going to be a struggle 
that's hard and that's painful. However, there's also this fun, stealing little bottles of alcohol, all the times he got drunk, all the things he did. And he's like, oh yeah, boy, I'm so embarrassed about that. But in fact, he's laughing and smiling. So what's happening to your brain when you're sitting in the audience? Did your free will just get taken away or messed with or your brain get manipulated? Was he manipulating everybody to relapse? Not on purpose, but he was. Because now the expectation is, is that it's going to be a struggle and the emotions that are now connected to that potential future moment, 20 years in the future, are that alcohol is fun now. Make sense? So another um, rehab my son was at, a different one, he's been to a few, Uh, (laughs) they told the entire group that was getting ready to leave, they said in two months, only one in 12 of you will still be sober which is quite a powerful hypnotic suggestion. So you sit there and you think, huh, wow, those are the odds. Well, why should I wait 60 days? I might as well go out and do it now. If that's the popular opinion or that's the norm and that's what everybody is going to be doing is relapsing. Well, why not just do it now? I know I'm not going to be the one in 12 because I've already figured out that I have a quite a talent for messing up my life. Okay. So another example is there was a a family night where they were doing psychodrama and psychodrama at a rehab. And this is yet another rehab. They're not the same ones. They all are doing this. The, The psychodrama is where a person who is the leader takes you through this emotional kind of story experience and sometimes has different people playing different parts. So there was a young girl, probably 18 or 19 years old, who was struggling with the fact that she was going to be going home in a few days. And she was very uncertain if she had enough willpower to not do the drugs. So what the psychodrama leader did is had several people pretend to be the drugs. And she had them go outside of the door and the doors were these glass doors. So you could see through them. She had them go outside of the doors and had the girl sitting there pretending like, okay, it's nighttime. You're going to go to sleep. Everything's, everything's, you know, winding down. And then she has the people who are the drugs banging on the door, just banging, banging, banging. And they want to get in. And she says, it's okay. They're right there. They're always going to be there banging away, just making you want it. And just right there, all you have to do is open the door, but you're not going to open the door and it'll be hard, but you can do this. So here she's implanting a memory, a future memory of when this girl is going to be at home in her room, trying to deal with her own demons of um, addiction and staying clean and sober. And she already has this future memory, which remember her subconscious believes to be true, that is of these drugs just surrounding her, tormenting her in the night. And, and at no time can she get any peace because they're always banging away at it. So the psychodrama leader has the girl saying, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Creating a battle. So as a hypnotherapist, we want to get rid of the battles and get rid of the conflicts. We don't want this internal struggle and have you fighting about it. We want you to have a belief system and values that support it that say, I'm done with that. I'm free from that. And with a totally different future memory. But in this case, in the psychodrama, you know, the leader did not know, I suppose, what she was actually creating as far as a future memory, but 
it is a very destructive one. Those of you who are listening who are hypnotherapists, you're like, oh my God, really? That's what they do? So I've been to several rehabs and I've heard their stories and I've talked to them about what they're doing. And one of them in Southern California, this is yet another one. And I talked to to the director and this is one of the largest ones in Southern California. I think they have over a hundred people who are housed in all these different apartments. And of course they go to their 12 step meetings, but he said to me, you know, um, our success rate is well below 10%. It's probably only maybe 5%. It's really bad. And we don't know what to do about it. And this is the case for rehab centers all over the place. So why is that? Is it because the system that they're using is so flawed and so broken, and you can't just send people out there with doubt and fear about the outcome. If you decide that you want to be a scientist, you set these goals about going to college, university, getting your master's degree, what kind of science field you're going to get into, everything you read and experience and touch and feel is this passion that you have for this science and you move towards it where just nothing could make you stray from that because that's what you want to do, right? So that's how our brains work when we want to accomplish something and we want to carry out a goal. But when you're an addict and you've been struggling with drugs and alcohol and you go to rehab and they create more uncertainty about how your life is going to be and how much you're going to struggle and how hard it's going to be, what are they accomplishing? but just leaving you out there to hang. So at the, the rehab I was just mentioning, I went and did a two hour talk and it was, um, for the guests that were there, the addicts. And basically I talked about your future self and what it's like to have a timeline of your future and what it would be like to meet that future self. And I talked about forming new beliefs and values and how important they are and how your brain works. Next, I took them through a very short experience of closing their eyes, relaxing, you know, getting just a little bit into trance, but going into this future moment a year from now, how they would feel, who they are, what they believe and their values and how those values affect their life. So it's, there was much more to it than what I just described, but I implanted the feelings they have of feeling proud of themselves, of having never looked back or given it a second thought. And every day when they wake up, they embrace the freedom they have to do what they really want to do. And sometimes there's this really faint memory of long ago that they used to have that problem, but it's so far gone. It just disappears like in a little puff of smoke and they see what they really do want. So doing this very short experience with them was mind blowing to them. None of the guests there had ever experienced anything like this. No one had told them what you could think about as a future goal or how you could implant it into your brain or how you could let go of the conflict and have no more fear, no more doubt. So this is interesting because when we talk about free will, they do have free will to subscribe to what I'm saying and experience that. They have free will to close their eyes, keep their eyes open, to imagine it vividly or not at all, or say this is bullshit. They have that free will. However, in a group, if I'm asking everybody to close their eyes, if there's one that is not going along with it, they're exercising their free will. However, they might feel kind of silly if they're not going along with it. Now I take them into the future. I ask them to experience who they are, who they've become and what it feels like to 
have the past be so far in the past and, you know, all of these things that they're experiencing. But am I affecting their free will? Because now I have implanted this future memory in their brain. And as I said before, you know, the subconscious holds it as a real memory. It doesn't know that it's real or imagined. Your conscious mind does know that it's an imagined memory, but your subconscious acts on it and responds to it as if it's real. So, so have I taken away their free will? Well, in this case, quite possibly. And we're doing it for the right reasons. Why wouldn't you want to give someone what they truly want? in the terms of being an alcoholic or a heroin addict, you know, what they want is to be free from it. They don't want to have to quit drinking or quit doing heroin because it's serving a huge purpose. But ultimately, wouldn't they want to experience themselves as being totally free of it so they never have to struggle with it? Then they actually think, you know, hmm, wow, maybe I do want that. So let's say someone um, doesn't even realize that they want to uh, quit smoking, they kind of do, but they're, you know, they're not all together there because the smoking is really pleasurable and they like it. And they say, I wouldn't know what to do with my hands. And they, <laughs> they really think that if they're, if you take away this part of their life, it's going to be just this big gaping hole in their life and they don't know what to fill it with. But they, uh, on the other hand, they kind of do want to stop smoking. So is it fair or right I guess fair is not really the right word, but is it right to take away some of their free will and implant the things that will help them make the decision that they absolutely are done with smoking, that it is never going to be a part of their life and it's going to be easier than they ever imagined. So is that manipulation? Is that manipulation good or bad? Yes, it's manipulation, but is it good or bad? It's the reason they want to see you and the reason that they came to you if you're a hypnotherapist. So I'm sure that you know that you're being manipulated in so many parts of your life and in religion and politics and (laughs) seminars and gurus and everyone. And you do have to do quite a job to exercise your free will. If a person thinks they might want to quit smoking and I take them into the future where they're still smoking take them five years, 10 years, 20 years into the future and have them take a look at their life as a smoker who never had the power to quit, who never was able to give it up, that was just always tortured by it every day of their life and have them look back at from 20 years in the future and all that they lost and all that they gave away and everything that they could have had, but they live every day with regrets. If I create that memory for them, then they're going to have that as one of their decision points when they choose not to smoke. Okay. So this would be a really negative way to do it. This would set up more conflict within them because every day that they continue to smoke, they know that they're going to be paying a price far into the future for something that's not going to happen. However, what if I take them on that path? Let's say uh, the, it's a like a timeline or a, a path that they're walking on while they're in trance. And they take this path off to the left that does take them into a future where they're smoking and all the disappointments and all the frustrations. But then take them right back to the present moment and have them step into a path into the future on the right. And on that path, uh, in my very happy and excited voice, I say, you know, just feel it, even though it's just been a few months you already are feeling that excitement and that lightness and that freedom. 
When you look at your kids, you can look right in their eyes. When you go to, you know, have fun with other people, you don't have to leave to go have a cigarette. It just doesn't own you anymore. Notice how freeing that is. And then take them 10 years in the future when they're very healthy and strong and they're doing something they love and their body is getting younger and happier. Their emotions are, you know, just free to feel whatever they want. So now their brain has a choice. It has two future memories one that is very painful, but the better part is that the one is so that is so healthy and wonderful and free is the one they want. Now, also, the subconscious mind doesn't really understand linear time. If I make that future memory, it is now. It's as if it's happening now. So in that memory, I'm having them even meet their future self, that person 20 years from now. And when they meet that person they're realizing how easy it was. And I'm implanting language like, wow, just you realize that when you quit smoking that day that you let it go completely, it was so easy when the decision was made just like that. It was just like you snapped your fingers and it was gone. And you remember how it got easier every day. So if I implant that into their brain as a memory that's going to guide them right now, they have a really good chance to quit smoking without having, you know, withdrawal symptoms or conflicts or ever wondering if they can make it or not. I've already made it real. I've had their future self tell them how easy it was and create the belief. And I've had them experience the values that are important to them in that future and the health and everything else. So this is, you know, it's starting on the subject of manipulation free will, do we have it or not? You know, does anyone have the right to take away your free will? And yeah, the real answer is, yeah, people are doing it to you all the time. You watch TV and the manipulation in commercials and the hypnotic triggers they're setting in commercials are phenomenal. (laughs) So it's happening all around you. But the thing that I really love is using this intentionally for helping people quit drinking or drugs or all the things that are supposedly so hard and so screwed up by the 12 step and AA and rehab community that there's this, this magical thing that has no other equal for how fast and how easy it works. So I'm going to give you a couple more examples. Oh, and by the way, if you want to listen to a free session that is, it's at quitdrinkingnow.com, but it's a session that you could apply to any like bad habit or addiction or something you want to get better at, but go listen to it. It takes you into the future timeline and it's very short. It's about 12 or 13 minutes, but it will give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So it's at quitdrinkingnow.com and you can get that session. So let's see, where was I? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, um, there's a session that I give away and it's called hypnotic journey. And it's very simple. It's the, just what I was describing. That's similar to the free one at that website, but you take yourself into the future and you solve a problem that you've been trying to solve, or you overcome something, or you experience yourself having totally shifted or changed something in your life. Well, this one free session um, had a profound effect on someone who was a cocaine addict. And he said for 13 years, I've had this daily cocaine addiction and it's destroyed my life. I've lost my wife and my family. I own nothing and I'm, you know, horribly in debt. And actually this was him telling me the story six months after he had listened to the hypnotic journey. So this was six months ago that 
he'd had these problems. He said, I listened to the hypnotic journey. And after the first time I quit cocaine, that was it. Never again, didn't look back. And my life just turned around. And who would think that something that takes 15 minutes could change someone's cocaine addiction to where it's destroyed him every day for 13 years. And now Six months later, he says, I'm back with my family. I have a beautiful car, a new job, and just everything's going great. My life is working. And this happens over and over and over. And we know why it happens looking at the brain scientifically and how the neural pathways connect with whatever thoughts and emotions you intentionally make them connect with, how you change the triggers and how you change the beliefs and the values in someone's subconscious that makes it actually easy. Well, easy, not, not always easy, but easier than they ever imagined to overcome an addiction. So there's, there's ways to do it so that you get the absolute best bang for your buck, shall we say, out of doing hypnosis for addictions. It's not about direct suggestion and saying, you'll never drink again. You won't want alcohol. You'll never do meth again. It's not like that doesn't work like that. You have to know how the brain works and how we need to implant these future memories that hold beliefs and values and judgments about yourself that make you guided and give you an irresistible outcome that you absolutely have to have. So an example is one of my, um, clients who listened to the recordings for my alcohol program many, many years ago, probably 10 years ago, his, you know, all of his adult life, he had been drinking, throwing his life away and everything was pretty tragic. And he listened to the program and in it, in his future self, he was a triathlete, even though he'd never been an athlete before. So now he has an overwhelming urge and desire and belief that he's a triathlete. And no kidding, this guy's been traveling the world for years going to triathlons, Ironman triathlons, when that was not even a part of his life. But we replaced what conflict, disappointment, fear, doubt, and all the things that held on to the addiction with something that he actually wanted that was much more satisfying and that he, he had experienced himself as if it was real in his hypnosis session. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And I, I think that, you know, the beginning of this discussion was about free will. So I'm obviously on the fence. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We give up our free will to addictions, alcohol, pornography, drugs, you know, smoking. We give up our free will. Because if we had free will, we wouldn't do it. We would just stop. So we've given it up to something else that creates massive beliefs about our inability to quit, about our lacking in our um, fears and conflicts and, you know, just feeding into all of that to create massive beliefs and values that it support it. Like, I'll never amount to anything. I'm no good. I can't do anything right. You know, I just keep screwing everything up. Well, if you have that belief system, and you have the values and the experiences and the emotions that support it. Every time you think about quitting drinking or quitting smoking or quitting your porn addiction or whatever it is, your brain is immediately going to go to those emotions, those values, those conflicts. I've tried and tried so many times. I just can't quit. Oh my God. Never going to get on top of this. Well, how are you going to get past it? If that's where your brain goes to, to find the information about 
quitting your addiction. And then go back to the rehab centers that use this 12-step talk. And you know, for those of you who have been successful with AA and 12-step, congratulations. I absolutely support you, give you my love and my congratulations for making it. However, the percentage of people that are successful with AA and 12-step is about the same percentage of those who go cold turkey on their own with no support. So I don't know. It's good to have support, no question about it, but it has to be the kind of support that feeds your brain the things that you do need. If you bit your nails when you were 16 years old and you bit your nails for two years and your hands were just all mangled and torn up, 20 years later, when you haven't bitten your nails for 20 years, do you introduce yourselves to people and say, hi, I'm Sandy and I'm a nail biter. No, because you haven't bitten your nails for 20 years. When you're no longer an addict, you are no longer an alcoholic or an addict or a user. You're not in recovery. You are done. You're 100% just done. Think about how differently you might live your life once you have that belief in place, right? And you have the values that support it because we created them, because we mildly molded your brain into creating these massive values and beliefs and experiences from these future moments that support the fact that you indeed do have what it takes and you can do this and, and your values and beliefs support it. Right? Right. Okay. Woo. High five. Whoa. (laughs) So I don't know. I think that we have to look at, you know, free will is something that is very malleable and it is something that we are susceptible to giving away. And if we give it away for the right reasons, that's all good. And question other things that don't feel right to you. Don't just go along with the crowd because that's what they told you to think or say or do. Exercise your own free will and then learn self-hypnosis so you can um, mold your free will into doing the things that you want to do and that you want to believe what makes sense for you, you know? So, you know, and then we are, we were talking about, um, Darren Brown and there's a, a TV show that he does where he made some people rob an armored car and he made them believe that they had to do this. And I don't remember all the details of it, but the point was that you're giving up your free will and you are becoming that person. But I would suggest to you that when you watch TV, which most of you are probably pretty smart and you already know this, but when you watch TV, there is a totally different mindset that's happening. As I mentioned earlier, that makes people go along with things and do things, um, for other reasons. Also, when they're interviewed, they will say things that may not necessarily be exactly what they were feeling or thinking. And they say it because they want to get on TV. And it's just a really screwed up thing we have in our brains that, well, not ours, not yours either. (laughs) Some of the sheeple. All right. So it's been fun hanging out, talking to you and exploring our free will. Also, you know, on the subject of addictions, it is just a massively important message that you can help spread. So go ahead and share this podcast with your friends and on Facebook and everywhere and challenge them to start a discussion about free will. It is a very fascinating area to uh, explore. Well, I'm Wendy Friesen, and if you enjoyed this and you want to get that free um, hypnosis session, it's at quitdrinkingnow.com. You'll see it on the right-hand side. Um, There's also 
a thing that I have called a hypnogenius course, which teaches you self-hypnosis in three lessons. And it's just a good basic starting point. It's free as well. So look for that. Uh, I don't know, maybe you could Google it or something, or I'll put a link on this podcast. Although if you're listening on iTunes, I don't think the links, um, show up there. I'm not sure. But anyway, I want you to have a really fantastic day and continue to spread the word and make sure that people really hear your message about what you're learning about how to use your brain for good. All right, see you again soon. Bye-bye.